How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we've finished round six, and we're here to chat, although it's just me and Liam today for now. How's it going, Liam? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm used to being called specifically Liam at the, <laughs> at the start of the show, and for the first time in about a month, I've just got Liam. So, yeah, look, I'm fine. It's good. It's hard for me to butcher the throw when there's only one other person to throw to. Makes it good. But I'm so used to off. It, it, it's comforting. <laughs> it's your new name. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't worry. We've got plenty of time for that. Um, well, Will is not here at the moment. He's got uh, more plans on a Monday evening than we do, it seems. Uh, but he might be jumping in later. So we're just going to kick it off because we can, two of us can easily talk for a couple of hours. So <laughs> let's just get into it. How was your week, fantasy wise and football wise? What were your highlights? Highlight is I just love being able to watch Gold Coast Suns games now because Charlie Robottom mm. is incredible. She just she had a moment where she obviously got winded by what I'm going to say is a pretty dirty hit behind the play from Poppy Kelly. Yeah, she was down for it like a minute. Yeah, I reckon like I'm pretty certain that she didn't know that the hit was coming mm. and. I reckon she also probably suffers from asthma because I saw her with the Ventolin on the TV at halftime. Mm. And then she just goes, I'm going to be on the ground for like three minutes and I'm going, oh no, what's this going to be? Like broken ribs. Pops back up, jogs over to the next contest, lays a tackle. And I'm like, you are a gun. Yeah. So yes, that's my highlight. And then my low light is daring to go for lunch uh. around lunchtime and not seeing that Mia Bush was in and being a dumb, dumb, dumb rookie noob fantasy player who, as much as I decided I wasn't going to take the loop, didn't take the player off the ground and just relied on them being a red dot. So Mia mm. Bush was no longer you know, on my bench. She was on my field instead of Eilish Sheeran this week. And boy, did that feel great to watch. Yeah. What was the message? I was like, Mia Bush in. That's good, yeah? Question mark. I feel like a lot of people have her on the bench, not making them much. Because I saw that news and I was like, oh, this is good. I think Liam has Mia Bush. She's probably not making him any money on her on his bench. This will be good news. He'll be happy about this. And then you're just like, fuck me. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> What's happened here? Um, yeah. Honestly... The thing that actually saved me from it being worse was I had seen that Ebony Marinoff had scored her 150 Mm. whatever and she hadn't been my VC and I'd had it on Laura Gardner and Laura Gardner puts up her 114, 115 and I was like, I need to aim for more this week. I can't afford to lose that many points to a very popular VC. So as much as it was a 115, it was a little bit below my target and I really needed to push this week. So I took the C off her the night before, mm. right? I was like, oh, cool, sweet. I'm not going to cap. I'm not going to use the loophole. Otherwise, I would have captained <laughs> Mia Bush this week. That would have been funny for everyone but you. And, I mean, actually, you got yourself an extra four points with that captaincy, right? Because uh, what's her name? Laura Gardner got 115 and Jazzy Garner got those names correctly the right way around this time, got one, 17. Bingo. I get an extra two points. Well, f- well four, because you captained it. But but if you 
sum together double garner plus gardener. Yep. Okay. You get an extra small number of points. Um, Hey, at least it wasn't Beerbush. That would have been a big calculation. That, <laughs> I, I, I would actually, I would actually probably delete all social media for a good amount of time mm. if that happened. Peace out. Uh, you're off the pod. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping your weekend was better. No, well, actually, no, it wasn't really. Uh, I have been sick for a while, and I had great plans to go to game on Friday night. Too sick. Then Saturday was going to drive down to Casey Fields. Thought maybe don't want to be out in a wind tunnel with a cold. Uh, that probably wouldn't end well for me. So watch that on telly. Had just enough codril in me to get to the ABC on Sunday to chat about AFLW on air. Hit the fact that I was dying on the inside. Um, and then couldn't go to the Icon Park game to watch my second and fourth favourite sides, Richmond and the Suns. So that was devastating. But I mean, I watched a good chunk of every single game on TV from the couch feeling pretty shit but so like no not a great week um that was a long answer for what is meant to be my highlight (laughs) i was looking at your score oh uh, and i'm sure that soothed things oh i mean yeah that was it look um that's the only thing that soothed me this week because i expected freer to get flogged they got flogged (laughs) on sunday night (laughs) to finish the round as i was watching my fantasy score plummet from a high of like Top twenty or twenty sixth on Saturday night, just because I had front loaded a lot of my players. So, like overall, I had a very good weekend because I watched nine games of football on the couch. But it just the key things being able to go to the games and then Frio winning didn't happen for me. So, um, and Will can't be here, but he did go to the Suns game and met pretty much every single Suns player and Mon Conti for the second time, which I am just dying about. So, Are you a fan of Moncon? Yeah, actually. But but uh, Will and I are going to go down to Geelong next Saturday to watch our two teams play and hoping to meet uh, on your tie after that game. So that would be pretty good. That would be pretty cool. Well, you may as well just jump straight into your ranking then. Yeah. So I got 15-17. Nice to see a five in there, which alarmingly only was a round rank of 584. So a lot of people have done very well this round. Um, Means I still have shimmied up a little bit. I'm now ranked 640th, so up about 150 spots. And I'm actually getting like within, I don't know what a good analogy is, but within kicking distance, I guess, of you and Will. So that was pretty good. My goal is to finish in the top 500. That's the only thing that feels realistic right now with four rounds to go and I'm currently sitting at 640. So if I can get top 500, I will be very happy considering I started 10 10 thousandths. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Uh, So I, uh, I had a 1453, which is 38 points reasonably than what I should have had if I wasn't an idiot mm. and hadn't had Mia Bush on the field. How'd you that go in your, difference uh, between... your league matchup this week? I got pumped. Absolutely pumped. By which legend could have possibly done that? I don't think it was a legend. I think it was a someone sitting in smug corner. <laughs> uh, yes, the smug corner of the, of the test cattle station, which is our kind of league of note. And look... If you add on that 38, it ends up being kind of closer to is indicative of what my side looked like. I 
had a round rank of 2275, which moved my overall rank down 99 spots to 531. Mm. So in terms of my trades for the weekend, I went Benici to Parker, which lost me points, which felt just so good. Did it make you money, though? Uh, no, I spent money. Okay. Yep. And I think Parker lost a bit of cash. Oh, yep. 34 yep. grand. So that was a three-way 34K. lose. 34K. <laughs> yep. What yep, else did you do? Uh, that, that one really felt good. And then I also traded... I'd had Erin Phillips as a looper last week just to kind of... Because I needed to get her off field. Mm-hmm. And so she went down to Charlie Wicksteed, who was incredible, mm. I must say, with a 65. And then I removed Megan Kaufman, who, which was actually a stroke of genius, never mind that I brought her into the side in the first place, Yeah, uh, and took her up to Zali Goldsworthy, which, as much as uh, Nicola Barr was slightly cheaper and scored more points, I really rate Goldsworthy long-term, and GWS is a great run. So the high-level summary is that my round was ruined both by my own stupidity and also to fix up for my own stupidity in previous weeks. Wow, that's a just overwhelming positivity there. Oh, yeah. I didn't say my trades. I went Darcy to Thomas, which was a good one. Probably should have had Thomas earlier, but whatever. And then I did two fantastic moves, if I do say so myself. Um, for the first time, my trades have actually done well. So, yeah, smug, smug corner over here. It is serious smug corner <laughs> over a here. good mood. Single to Zurika. Uh, Zurika is 0% owned in the top 1,000. Um, that was a specky last-minute move. I was like, I don't want Goldsworthy. I heard Zurika's name a lot. She was kind of doing as good as Goldsworthy, but she was cheaper um, from the last game that I watched. And so she got a great score, more than single, and she made me money. So that was nice. And then Benici to Blackburn because I went, you know which team I couldn't care less about? The Bulldogs. And it was Friday night and I was feeling sick and sorry for myself. And I went, I want to make this game a bit more interesting. So I did what I suggested we'll do the week before, which is five minutes before the game you're about to watch. Trade in a player in that game to just make it a bit extra spicy. Uh, So I was like, I'll get Blackburn in so I can have a bit of fun on my sad Friday evening. And that was a good call. She's 0%, 0.8% owned in the top grand. And she got a good score and she made me money. So three ticks. So my um, high level summary Mel, was I made I, good trades. Mel, I think when you traded her in, she might have been 0.8, but she's now at 3.3 in the top 1K. So you were there with 33 coaches. Oh, okay. I thought I had a quick look at that straight away when they updated the stats, but maybe it wasn't actually updated. Um, but I think that's actually all trades from today because I looked at this Sunday night. But anyway, either way, um, she's not that highly good. It's very unique. And it was... So that game for the Western Bulldogs, they are not a very good football side. And no. the game itself was not particularly high quality either. No, and but it meant that there was a lot of fantasy points to go around because it was just a lot of... Or everyone on top Crap. of everyone picking it up off the floor and tackling and then dropping slash throwing it away. Repeat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the second week in a row where it's been a Western Bulldogs game. Last week it was Hannah Priest's 120, and then this week it was Blackburn going whatever it was, 117, one Yeah, ish, yeah. Somewhere around there. That was uh, 
Look, it was a great trade, and it was one of many any number of trades I could have made this week that would have been better than uh, than going Parker. The the one I really should have brought in was Ash Riddell scoring one fifteen. Yep, that was a mistake from me. It's funny, just to add on to the post that you made on Twitter about uh, some bloke, I don't know, saying you should listen to yourself a bit more. Um, I was re-listening back to, I think it was part of the spaces you did with Bailey on a Friday, maybe it was the Thursday, and you were talking about how Blackburn, <sighs> she's the only midfielder in the Bulldogs that's going to get points. She might get tagged, but she's like, she's out there by herself. And I was like, that's a really good point, Liam. I'm going to bring in Blackburn. Um so like it was my own thought as well I was like yeah this is the decision I'm going to make I like the idea but then I was also backed up by your own great ideas that you didn't follow through on I would also just quickly like to announce I finally loopholed um I took multiple conversations with Will because I didn't want to embarrass myself and ask you how to do it because you would be like you should know how to do this but having not experienced men's that much it took me multiple conversations to be like I'm going to do this, and based on timing, it's this and then this, and now I need to do this. Um, But as a result, I got Noffy as my captain, and I'm proud of myself for figuring out how to use the platform. Look, this round score is now beginning to take shape. You (laughs) nailed three trades, and you had the highest scoring player as the round as your captain. I'm actually playing fantasy, so... <laughs> I'm 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 sitting here with 38 in my side, and I've traded in a premium to score 78. Uh, and yeah, feeling slightly worse for wear. Mm. I, I think we need to move on from my depression. Just so Will won't be here to tell his thing, but he got 1443, pretty solid. Gives him a round rank of 2621, so a little bit lower than you. His overall rank, though, he fell 120 spots, so he fell a bit more than you, but he's still slightly above you just based on how we went last round. So we're all really close to each other, actually. Um, 447 with Will at the top and then 640 with me at the bottom. I'm yet to know where he wants to finish, but I'd say that he wants to stay within the top 500. That feels like a very Will goal. But also, I think he traded in Riddell, which he loves Riddell, and that would have been a very good score for him. And he was pretty unhappy with Claudia Gunjaka. Which was my recommended trade to and him. Daisy da- and Dizzy Darcy. Yes. Oh, I think she came back a little bit. Uh, she got to like not even 46. 50. I mean, yeah, but like the week before she got 44. So it's on par. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, that has been a fall from grace, but that, that will definitely be content for later. Mm. So Bowers plus four for your best player. I have, oh, Will's given him to Noffy. Um, I'm assuming Noffy was also his captain. That would make sense. I don't know if it was. Okay. We can figure that out as we talk. Um, I'm just going to mention my plus four goes to my bench for finally making me some money. I've been sitting here with a bench that's done pretty much nothing for a little while. And then we had Davies from GWS make 96 grand. Fantastic. I can cash out on that and do something with it. And um, Jay Flynn from Frio, who I brought her in on the assumption that when Bowers went out, she would take the bulk share of tackles and activity. And I think you went Kaufman in the same or Kaufman in the same week, kind of betting against each other there. Turns out it was a variety of players, but Flynn made me a good chunk of money, 154 grand. And McLaughlin <laughs> was frustrating to watch. She sorry, had what, a 50. What was that? What was that pronunciation? McLaughlin? McLo- it definitely sounded like you said a different name. 
McCoughlin. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. That's rude. No, um, that's, I, I know, but honestly, that's how it sounded. Uh, I was like, okay, well, do you want to retry? Listeners, rest assured, <laughs> McLaughlin, uh, look, I might have stumbled over it. I'm known to do that. McLaughlin um, gave a 50 against, then she got a goal, and then she gave another 50. So that was a frustrating watch. But uh, she netted out with Macken, who lost me money. So overall, bench, bench was good. What about you? Mine definitely goes to Charlie Rowbottom this week. Mm. She is a she is a titan, and also I'm feeling quite chuffed that Will and I had some on air and off air conversations about who was going to be better out of the Prasparkas and Rowbottom kind of one two in that draft duo. And I was hot mm-hmm. on the idea that it's Rowbottom because she's got a bigger ceiling still untapped. And she's just hard to tag. And we got to see um, Meg McDonald. Is it Meg? Yeah, Meg McDonald try and uh, tag Noffy. And all she does is just put a hand in Meg's chest every time, push her at least a foot away, and then grab the ball. And Where's Noffy come it. into this? Oh, not Noffy. Robot. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yes. Okay. It's, uh, it's Charlie Robot. I'm sorry. I was... Uh, yeah, getting ahead of myself here. I did have Marinoff, but it, I'm still tinged mm. by the fact that I didn't have the VC there or a C, so mm. I can't give myself too much credit. But yeah, love watching Robottom. And as much as it was a flop for me trading Riddell to get to Robottom, the fact that Robottom has now put together a kind of one, two basically 130s in a week in, in a row, uh, I'm not mm. hating every bit of it. Yeah, nice. I like that. Onto our watch and wait scoreboard because Will is once again not here to do this. Oh. It's not even the Will watch and wait scoreboard at this point. No, He's it's done really it not. twice. Yep. Leader is still Fithis. I can't remember if that was them last week, but either way, Fithis is a name that we've had up there before on 9169. So that's very big. The 100 marker is Will's t- Williams S's team, Captain Solly, on 8817 which uh, is a good 250 points away from me, so I don't think I'm making it into the top 100. And the score to stay in, which I think is the scariest thing here, was 15-11, which is huge. I mean, I got a little bit above that, but I have had a fluke of a week. So in order to stay in the top 100, you need some really, really big ones, uh, which is, yeah, won't be me. Or not to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. As it turns (laughs) out. (laughs) So... Also, just in terms of how's our league going? Oh, still fifth us. Um, but, well, oh, I didn't check how many people from our league. No, I'm just getting that now. We've got, again, 34. Ah. So either the same 34 people are coming in or amongst the people who are in the hat chance, we have nailed a third of them. Yep. Nice. So our first hot topic, we're going to go through and do our cut of the sweet 16. Will has not come prepared with his because he is not here. But uh, Liam and I have each written down ours. So we'll read them out, have a bit of a discussion and compare. And then what we'll do is have a look at some of the most highly owned players in the top 1,000 in each line that aren't in this suite or aren't in our suite 16 and discuss kind of what do we want to do about it. Are they stepping stones? Are they trade-outs? Are they trade-ins? So starting with the defenders, I've got in order Carney because she's reliable. Priest, because she's elite. I've got a little explanation for each, of course. Uh, Charlie Thomas, because West Coast suck and they need good defenders. Sheeran, because she's got a great fixture. 
and O'Driscoll because of her current role. Carney Priest, Thomas Sheeran, O'Driscoll. What about you? Uh, so I have gone with Priest at one because she has by far and away the best role of all the defenders. I've got Carney up there. She is as reliable as ever, and she's just come off a great matchup. But North don't have particularly hard ones for the rest of the season, and she's just basically like a pressure relief release valve. She can't really get too high, but she can't get too low. I also have Charlie Thomas at three. I think she has just shown herself to be a primo defender. Just forget that round 130. She has been as good as ever. At four, I have Emma O'Driscoll. Her market share amongst defenders is extremely high. She's come off the second highest defender score of the year this past weekend against North, who are very inefficient going inside 50 and therefore an easy matchup for defenders. But she also looked really, really good and she takes all the kick-ins and just is a very commanding presence across that back line. I was deliberately brief with mine. We carry on. And then a five, then a five I've got Evans. <laughs> and then I've, I've given honourable mentions. I've got Belinda Smith, Chantel Emmonson, Gab Pound and Eilish Sheeran. Nice. Okay. I think the big thing for me is that Having had a look at the updated stats on Sheeran's run, I don't know if you've had a chance to have a peek. She's got a couple of hard matchups round eight, round nine, because she hits Hawthorne, where I don't think the ball's going to be a lot. And then she has Geelong, who play a really high press and a really high line. I think Hawthorne are still competitive, and Geelong, yeah, but... To me, out of, like, these are all sides. This is one of the better runs to me. What I think's interesting is that you've got Priest first. I think, and you mentioned that you also agree that Carney's reliable. I think Carney's reliability in her scoring means that she can happily average up to the first, where Priest is going to be, like, a massive spike, a massive drop. Like, yeah, we know she's got a huge ceiling, but then she can also get these very low scores. So Carney could just be 60 to 70, 60 to 70 all the way along, average out higher. Um, are you worried about Priest's variability? No, because I think that she's probably still got a couple more ceiling scores in the rest of the season because I think that she will probably have at least two games where she's able to push that 80-90 mark even go higher because of a of a tagging role. So I'm I'm specifically looking at her games in uh, round seven and round nine. She'll be tagging Elise Parker is my prediction, and then or at least having a role on Elise Parker, and then probably also having a role on Ali Anderson when they play against Brisbane. So a lot of the other St Kilda midfielders are going to have a really crap time of trying to get the ball. But I think Priest is someone who will be around it a lot and will be able to kind of have what's not a great score for a, def- a midfielder, but a good score for a defender. So that's yeah, why fair. I think she's one for me. Whereas like Carney, she really like, it really would rely on North being trounced and the ball spending a lot of time in defense for her to get a huge score. And I just don't see that happening. Like you've obviously watched what they did to Fremantle. It was like 16 or 18 forward 50 entries for Fremantle. She's done remarkably well to get as high as she did, and that relied on a lot of possession. I think it was like beating, you know, by more than 100 more touches than Fremantle. That doesn't happen very often. 
And I think when you kind of net those two out, they're going to be close. But I think Priest, I'm going to bet on a, on an, at least one more, if not two more, close to ceiling scores. Okay. The other one I find interesting is Evans. Now, she's in my side, but she's going, and I know she takes kick-ins, but she's going up against St Kilda next week, who are, when they score, incredibly accurate. There's not a lot of behinds going on. There's not a lot of kick-ins. This is just the eye test of watching these games. It's not fact-checked with any stats. But <laughs> I'm not seeing a great amount of missing from St Kilda when they do finally get forward. Then she's got Carlton, which, I mean, GWS aren't great, but they're they're getting better. I just think that she, we've seen a couple of down-ish weeks. We've seen a couple of, like, points changes across the GWS side in terms of where they're going. I'm just not sure if she's top five for me. And I, just to flag it, I may try to challenge myself a little bit more by just naming five. I was like, if I start talking about honourable mentions, whenever I'm doing my trades, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, but I'm talking about eight or so players. I was like, no, Mel, just pick five. Everyone that doesn't make you five doesn't make it. So um, I decided that she doesn't make my five. Interesting. Whereas I'm of the opinion that if there are going to be some, so there are some players in this kind of honourable mention section that are going to be a fair bit cheaper. So I'm looking at, say, for example, the difference between Belinda Smith and Gab Pound is now like 170k. And Belinda Smith is someone that I don't think we'd actually really talked about at all at any point on any episode. But Mm. she has been, she's now the second or third highest priced defender and is coming off a run of huge scores. I don't I think she's had three scores above 75. Um but I just don't know if I trust that long term. Whereas Gab Pand has a really good run and no Karen Peterson. But with that 170k difference, I think they're going to be roundabouts D5 anyway. I just trust what I've seen long term from Tani Evans. I think that, that I'm just kind of backing her in to use what I see as more talent than just about anyone else on this list. Like, I think she's an All-Australian, to be perfectly honest, and I think that I'm just backing that in a little bit. But I also know that it is a bit of a stab because the defenders have been bloody hard all year to pick who's going to rank best. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, No Dizzy Darcy in there. And we were both, we were all very keen on the idea that she would be very good this year. Yeah, but Gold Coast are doing so much better than I thought they would. And that's what yeah. I put that down to, personally. I also think it's... Uh, she's now run into a couple of matchups where it's the case that she's being tasked with sitting a lot deeper. All the defend- mm. all the four that plays on her knows to sit further back... Or, or sorry, further forward, so that she mm. can't do as much with the ball higher up the ground because she is still their best kick. It's her and Tara Bohana... <laughs> are mm. the best kicks at the Suns. And you can stop Tara Bahana by just defending her like you would normally defend mm. a forward, but you've got to do some different things with Darcy. And she's shown herself to, to be susceptible to that as an issue. And uh, we haven't seen many great scores from any Gold Coast defenders in the last few weeks. Oh, well, I'd argue that my round one defender, uh, Bess Keeney, who is because you've now got um, Dizzy Darcy so far back, Keeney's playing a lot more towards the middle of the ground and it's got an, an amazing role. So I think she's number 30 and you can just see her everywhere. She got 81 last week and, okay, 53. Sorry, 81 two weeks ago, 53 this week. She's doing better. She's kind of almost taking that role away. Yeah. But anyway. 
No, I, I, I think that's like an important one that to leave off because yeah, we're she would have been very hot, and I would have said earlier in the season that she'd be pushing top three because she does have that kind of potential. But yeah, mm. disappointing that we're deprived of that. But I can see why teams are doing it as well. We'd almost prefer if she was a slightly worse kick. Yeah, teams would put less effort into stopping her. Yes. Okay, so for the midfielders, I might go first, and I'm just going to give a brief reason after. So, M1. <laughs> Every time I say M1, I think Batesy, <laughs> just because of the number of times Johnny drilled that in from two seasons ago. Uh, not Batesy, unsurprisingly. Okay, M1, Noffy, because the hat, uh, the tag always goes to Hatchard. M2, Garner, because she's very hard to tag. M3, Robottom, because she's also hard to tag, but she's just not as elite. Riddell, uh, M4 Riddell because the tag goes to Ghana, so Riddell gets a lot of points. And M5 Tatchard just because she is, even when she gets tagged, she is just too good. No, that's and, Bonnie, not Anne. <laughs> and I would like to add that I had Riddell and then traded her out. And while I was happy with that at the time because she lost money, I'm now very annoyed that I don't have Riddell. Who are yours? Oh, wow. We've actually got the same five it's in exactly the same order. the same. Yeah, in the same Sorry order. I agree. I, I the only things I would change are the things that th- there is actually probably a world where Robottom moves up to M two because I having now watched that game against Fremantle uh, for North Melbourne, mm. what will ruin some more ceiling scores for North will actually be some of their easier fixtures. Because they just take the opportunity to rest their players. Yeah. They have one of the like most efficient rotations of any team in the comp. They have two players basically who play every single minute on the ground, and then no one else is above 90% time on ground. And that includes their absolute superstars, the Riddells, Garners, all of their elite forwards, Emma King, everybody rests. And if you land on the wrong side of variance with a tag, that's an 80 or a 90 versus Robottom, who I think Claudia Whitford has done really well kind of to break out after having, this is now her third club. She's really broken out this year, but she's not nearly on the same level as Charlie Robottom fantasy and scoring wise. And we talked about it earlier. You said hard to tag. I'm going to call it near impossible to tag because Meg McDonald was a great tagger last season and is often very effective when she's used as a hard tag. She mm. did not have much of an impact this week. Robotom is just too strong. Mm. So I, I think that that would be the only thing I'd be willing to change. I love watching Robotom just because she's so strong and so young and she's just an amazing player. But my God, she, I feel like she should be given so many more frees against because she is brutal. Like She looks like she's hurting people <laughs> and she just gives... No shits. She just pushes them off. No, nah, you're over there. You're done. Into the face first, into the floor. Bye. Um, so, oh, we have Will joining. Let's admit him. Will. <laughs> I was going to say Will and welcome at the same time, and I said, well. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome. Welcome. Come on down. <laughs> well. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I've. Just come from a family dinner that's run very over time, but I have made it just in time for some exciting things. I feel like you just missed a great opportunity to say, I am well. I am well, in fact. <laughs> um, yes. 
Nice. Um, well, thank you for joining us anyway. Um, Liam was just finishing off his top five for the midfielders. Yes, I was, before I was rudely interrupted. I mean, I don't know about rudely. Um, I didn't say anything until Mel jumped in. I've actually been here the whole time and <laughs> just haven't said anything, to be honest. So Sitting silently. Yep. I think Liam's internet might be a little bit delayed. Excellent. It's shit. It's having an absolute fucking nightmare. Would you like to... Okay, you know what we'll do? We'll, I'll just chat with you and you can talk through your top five defenders and mids and stuff while Lane fixes his internet. Yep, sounds good. I can't, I can't fix my internet. I can't do anything to fix my internet. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to, I thought you were trying to do something in the background. So, Will, I mean, I've already spoken a little bit about your score and I mentioned that you had a great time at the Suns game meeting a lot of the players afterwards, but how was your week? Yeah, I did have a great time at the Suns game. Uh, that was fantastic, seeing superstar Tara Bahana kick that wing behind, as I'm sure you've mentioned. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm enjoying the AFLW. I, it was a shame that there wasn't a Geelong game this week. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to it next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So. How good are the Dons? So this weekend I'm a Suns supporter. But, yes, uh Loving the. Do you remember the what the you AFL said last episode, Will? Sorry, I think your internet's breaking up, Liam. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, some, something about last episode, I think. But um, yeah, I. You might have said, "Oh, Geelong won't lose a game from here." I think I said Geelong shouldn't lose a game from here, and they managed to prove me wrong after one week. So I'm not going to make that call again. I think he was actually talking about round seven onwards, as far as I can remember. So. Yeah. <laughs> I must have missed that caveat. I, d- I actually do think I said Essendon was probably one of the biggest challenges, to be fair. Mm. But yes, it hasn't quite worked out as I thought. Geelong has uh, not quite held up their excellent early season form, so going to need to turn something around to push back in towards the finals. And what better team to turn it around against than mine this coming week? <laughs> always, a- always great to play Frio that will hopefully be a, a flogging. I'm sorry, Mel. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I'm very used to it. It's okay. Why don't you quickly just run us through the names that you've got for your Sweet 16 on the defenders and mids, and then we'll be caught back up with where Liam was with his honourable mid mentions. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much the four names I think we're all in agreement with is Emma Carney, Hannah Priest, Charlie Thomas, and Emma O'Driscoll. I think they all look like they're going to be the the four main ones um and I'm, I'm targeting O'Driscoll this week myself and my trades mm-hmm. the the fifth one I was tossing up between Belinda Smith and Eilish Sheeran I'm going with Belinda Smith just because of the same reason that uh Liam uh, Mel's gone rather which is uh West Coast aren't very good so it's back there a lot um I think Sheeran will be there or thereabouts. I think she's probably one of the more consistent ones, but I think the ceiling's probably a bit higher on Belinda Smith, which is why I have her at five. But I have Sheeran and I won't be trading her out, put it that way. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, Notable omission of Evans. Yeah, Tani Evans. I think um, the way they're playing at the moment, I think she'll probably pick back up, but I think it's a bit more of a Sheeran where she'll probably continue to score 60s and 70s, but I don't think the 
the real high up scores are going to be there. So, again, I've got Evans. At this stage, I'm not looking to trade her out unless I've got a luxury trade in the last couple of rounds. I think she'll probably be in that 8 to 6 range with a yep. few others that you've mentioned. Um, but I think Smith of those ones is the ones that I'd probably pick as the highest scorer of the lot. And just for your midfielders, I mean, Liam and I were in agreement with not only the five, but the order of the five. Looks like you might be. I've agreed with the top four, and I was just going back to the stats to have a look at who I might put as my my M5, and oh, it's it's really hard to go past Hatchard. I'll, I'll be completely mm. honest there. Um, there's You could probably mount an argument for Georgie Prasparkas to come back into it. Maybe Ali Anderson in terms of consistency. You, but, could, you could try. But that's exactly what I was about to say. Is I can't, I can't look away from Anne Hatchard being the mm. one that I'd probably want instead. So I think I'm going to have to make that three from three and say Hatchard at M5. I like it. And I agree. Yeah. Um, Liam, did you want to talk through your honourable mentions? I note that there is no Georgie Prasparkas here. Uh, well, I haven't finished actually writing it down on, in the run sheet, but in terms of who I would have there, I think Elise Parker has the ceiling to get back up to the point where she'll average with, at or around top five for the rest of the season. The same goes for Ali Anderson. If you just don't include the match that she has against the Suns, if you pretend mm. that doesn't exist, where she gets the single tag then mm. I think she'll be top five. But unfortunately, we're doing it and she still has to play that game, so I would not be going there. I think that one of Prasparkas and Amy McDonald is an honourable mention, and I can't decide who it is. One of the two of them will do it. But to be perfectly honest with you, I know you. she was someone where you were saying, <coughs> maybe choke up a bit how bad Geelong were on the weekend. Uh, a lot more teams are putting a lot of time into stopping uh, Georgie at all stoppages and is having an effect basically outside of that first week on her ceiling scores. She hasn't really got close to that and she's had one score above 100 since then. I think she's someone that may in time get better at dealing with that but I just also think that it's going to be really tough for her for this year because she is such a, you know, she made such an impact in that week one that I I think that she put herself on the map almost too early. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you've got a player that is clearly an impact player in Press Barkas and it's, as you're saying, Liam, they're definitely putting effort into it and I hate it as a Geelong supporter, but it makes a lot of sense because she is such a, a great player and it's it's all the more reason why. To me, Hatchard just has to be that M5. Yep. Okay, so, Rux. <laughs> um, interestingly, I've gone Morfitt, and, Will, you've gone for your nickname to Ruck. I, I have. I've also gone Morfitt. The advantage. <laughs> Love it. I, I think we can... Can we change that to only a plus eight advantage this week? Because that's all she managed yeah. against uh, Mimstrom. Because it really was the free kick against off. It was actually uh, Matilda Scholes, that would be. I think he means average-wise. Those two love free kicks against. Those two were basically clamouring at each other to knock each mm. other over, push each other in the back. It was quite entertaining watching. Wasn't great for fantasy coaches, but yeah, those two are going to have some uh, very exciting ruck battles in the future, I reckon. 
I'm just going to put it out there. The second half from Schultze was incredible because I think she was on nine at halftime or something stupidly low. And I was out and then I looked at my phone and actually thought like the app wasn't updating properly. I'm like, this can't be real. Yeah, Morford was absolutely dominating her in the first half, so she really did come back strong. Um, but yeah, I think just the way Morford plays, she's basically playing as an extra midfielder, the way she gets involved in the play. There are very few rucks at the moment who are doing that. Um, to me, my honourable mention would probably be Alice Edmonds, just because she's clearly the best hit-out ruck in the competition at the moment. But I think just the way Morford's getting hit-outs and disposals just tips it over for me. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, I think uh, the on big, most important honourable mention for me is Mimstrom because I believe that I would actually say if you were going to argue who is the All-Australian best ruck this year based on what they do as a ruck, it's Mimstrom hands down. Mm, Ali Morfitt, amongst, amongst players who have more than 90 hitouts this year, she has the second worst hitout to advantage rate. She leads the competition in freeze against and clangers, and she has a disposal efficiency rate of 50%. Mimstrom has the highest of all rucks over 90 hitouts this season at nearly, I think it's like 40% or like 30 or maybe 38% hitouts to advantage. And I think that she has continued, as Mel has said at many points, to tackle really well. And mm-hmm. I also think that she is a decent enough mark around the ground and, and really covers good distance. So it's Strom and Edmonds for me if I'm targeting someone to bring in because I think Morfitt's almost too expensive and those freeze against can strike as we saw all this week. Yeah. I I do love Strom. I rate her highly, Freo. Um, but I'd like to give my honourable mention, which I've decided I will now participate in, to the two Carlton Rucks because this week we have saw Jess Good go forward for a little bit and score 1-1. And last week we saw Bree Moody, who's now playing full forward occasionally, uh, also score 1-1. So we've got these two Rucks who, are when they are actually taking the hitouts, doing quite well for Carlton and then also being able to pivot forward because of their their height and go to those like tall forward roles and have accurate goal kicking. I think it's fascinating that Carlton kind of have two very similar players in the same role and they're both listed as ruck in the fantasy game. It makes it hard because there's no no brainer here because they're both really good and they're both kind of, you know, week on, week out, who's it going to be out of those two. Um, and because of the uh, price loss from Moody and price gain from good, they're now pretty much within like 20 grand of each other. So, um that's a tricky one, but that's those two collectively are my honourable mentions. Liam? I, I I hate that we don't have one to pick. And like yes. I almost wish Bree Moody had been slightly worse as a forward because she would have been a bit cheaper and then we'd be like, oh, that's the one we should pick. Because here are the matchups, like ruck matchups left for the mood uh, for the moody good the good moody combo. <laughs> uh we've got this week, Sabs Frederick who leaks points uh, to Rucks. Then it's the combination of Fleur Davis and Renee Karras against GWS. She then hits another difficultish matchup in Steph Killer-Wales, who, again, is quite young and I think Bree Moody's highest score ever, or at least her highest score last year, sorry, 
was against Steph Wales in the corresponding fixture. And then she finishes off with Erin playing 40 to 50% game time McKinnon and Sim Nolder. So she has an incredible run coming, or Carlton does have an incredible run coming. It's just one of them's going to be better, and I don't know if I have the heart to pick Jess Good, even though she's cheaper. Yeah. I agree with you holistically, but is Cambridge McCormick not back for GWS? She's a defender now. She didn't ruck at all this past week. It was Karras and and Davis. You do Mm. have David... Fleur Davies, who is out with suspension this week, though, so that'll be interesting mm. to watch. Um, but that's probably just a, a better thing for the the Carlton ones yeah. in a week's time if she's coming back from a, a week off. So, yeah, it's I, I, I tend to agree. It's, it's really hard to pick between the two because they seem to just be doing roughly the same thing, so it doesn't really make a whole difference in the end. So I'd probably actually... I think Strom's the best value for money of the rucks going around at the moment. She's actually a bit cheaper than uh, Alice Edmonds still, while averaging mm. slightly more. So Strom's probably the value pick for me if you if you can't get up to Morford, which I don't think many people can at the moment. Yep. So might quickly move on to the forwards then. Um, <laughs> looking down the run sheet, I think we're pretty aligned on the first few. So I've got Gardner. How could you not? Too good. An actual genuine forward who's smashing the forward line, which is exciting to see. Hall, um, Melbourne are going to keep winning, and although she's sharing some of the goal-kicking at the moment, she's just still absolutely elite. You'd be silly not to have her or trade her out. Nina Morrison, who, yeah, is just just an amazing player. And I've gone F5 as Bar because I think her role at the moment, she's finally, I feel like, I don't know if this is exactly the role you were talking about, Will, when you were like, I just want her to see, I want to see her in that role because she's got so much potential. Watched her intently last week and the week before. Wow, she's fantastic. Like, I think that she's discounted average-wise up until now just because it hasn't been that great, but I think she's in it for the, the back end of the season. What about you guys? You've got a throw Sorry, now, Mel. You've got specifically two. Specifically Liam. <laughs> This is oh, where I need you. the specifically, specifically Liam. Who are your uh, so far forwards? I agree on Gardner. She's, you know, the GOAT. It's probably the longest I've gone before giving her a major compliment this week. Uh, and then we've got Bonnie Too Good, who when we do our season review, we should actually have some deep dives into the stats because she is putting together a statistically ridiculous fantasy and real life season if only because of her dominance as a forward who gets maybe 10% CBAs and a couple of ruck contests. I think I rate Nina Morrison more, even with her horrid score on the weekend, which I will put down to basically just giving away a lot of free kicks. And I think it was a genuine like 20-point swing as a result because of you know lost tackles or lost kicks. She had just a shocker, and you could tell she was in a like a bad space, basically from the third quarter onwards. And then I go to Hoare at four, and then I've got Zali Goldsworthy at F five. I she is the you know the Iron Woman in that she does not leave the ground alongside Elise Parker week to week. She kicks bunches of goals as a forward, and GWS have a good run up coming. And she spends some time in the midfield and loves a tackle. I think she's a gun. And then in terms of 
there's actually a lot of like really interesting honorable mentions. I'll give a specific shout out to Nicola Barr. I also think Sarah Rowe has looked really good. I love the idea of uh, Patty Paxman now that she'll be a pod, even if she's coming off her dog-induced concussion. And then finally, a real speculative one, but if she's going to be a full-time defender, which it sounds like she will be, Gabby Newton, the Western Bulldogs suck, and she is a good kick and a good mark, and Katie Lynch sounds like she has to play as a forward because of injury. So that's my real speculative honorable mention, but I really do think she has the, the potential to go kind of average above 80, which is the line. Gabby Newton. Yep. Gabby okay. Newton, the defender who's currently a forward, in forward in the game but playing as a defender. Mm. Former pick one, highly talented, and Katie Lynch apparently can't change speeds and directions very well because mm. of a lingering foot or ankle. And apparently that means that she is really struggling to defend and change directions based on someone else and following and defending. So the idea is if she plays forward, she kind of gets to control that more, and that means that Gabby Newton was the predominant intercept defender. I think she still had a 70 on the weekend and maybe dropped three or four marks as well. So she's good. There you go. Okay. Um, Well, outside of those specky honourable mentions, Will, do you want to take us through your five? No, I mean, Liam's basically just uh, rattled off every option I probably could have given. So, um, yeah. Um, But yes, uh, I've I've picked the same ones. I, I, I... Seriously considered leaving Laura Gardner out of this just to see if Liam would genuinely faint. Um, I'm not. I'm not that <laughs> e- easily baited. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yes, Laura Gardner, super obvious. Bonnie Too Good. I am super worried for Bonnie Too Good's season because I think she's playing too well up the ground, and I'm worried that the All Australian selectors are going to be stupid and not pick her. They should pick her but we've seen them do silly things in the past, but she is clearly the best like key forward going around at the moment. They will have, she will have to be picked oh. because at this rate, the Bombers will make finals and she has been their best player. Liam, I'm telling you just because she's clearly the best player in the role doesn't mean the all Australian selectors are going <laughs> to pick them. We've seen that in the past. Oh gosh. Um, Kate Horan Morrison. I reckon you can flip a coin for which one of those two will score more points. I've gone whore slightly higher than Morrison, but honestly, I reckon there could genuinely be a, literally a handful of points between them to finish the season. And for my number five, just to differentiate a little bit, I've actually gone with Sarah Rowe, who's currently mm. averaging the highest of the ones that we've been talking about. I just think she's got a very consistent role. Collingwood look for her on the outside, gets a lot of marks, a lot of kicks, and also... Um, doesn't mind getting in and getting a tackle as well. I would very much be very happy if Liam's prediction of Zali Goldsworthy is right, because she's the one of them that I've got. Um, <laughs> as, as do I. It's but I, very but, but self-reinforcing. I, I, think, I think that these three in particular are probably similar to what I was saying in the back line. I think there's probably three or four that could very easily fill that role alongside a few of the specky ones, so... I think you'd be pretty happy if you've got any of those three in your team at this stage and you wouldn't be necessarily looking to move any of them out to get any of the others in, I would say. Just a quick throwback to the Bulldogs. Was it last week 
uh, or was one of the weeks, Liam, I feel like we were talking, you were hearing uh, that people were tempted by Kaylee Lynch as a defender. Oh, she yes. She had a great score. And we that were like, do not, do, do not go there. Oh, my gosh. And because she had an 82 last week, and I was like, do not at any costs pick up Katie Lynch. I don't have the stats on how many people did that. But her face, when she she got two behinds playing forward. So, yeah, she's gone forward because of her foot or whatever. And she just, she's so smug looking. I'm sure she's a great footballer, but, like, she is the most frustrating person to watch thinking about fantasy scores when watching someone play. That's the award, award that she gets for me is just the most infuriating player to watch for fantasy. Will? Yeah, and I, I remember getting that tweet, and I remember you saying, Liam saying, oh, it's a, it's a bit of a tempter, even though you weren't actually going to do it. And I was just sitting there going, oh, God, someone's going to do it, and they are going to hate themselves for it. And I'm, oh, I, don't know, I don't know who that person is specifically, but I am so sorry for you. I wish we had gone stronger on telling you that not to do it. I feel and like we were I was fairly incredibly strong. Incredibly <laughs> strong because do you remember? I remember what it was. It was like, I was like, oh, Katie Lynch is fine. Not realizing I'd misread a 40 as a 60, which would have put yeah. a three game average like at yeah. a decent level. And then uh, I went, oh, right. no, actually, yes, yes, I remember. Yes, yes. No, no, yes. don't want to touch that, Katie Lynch. Yeah, because I, I remember because I, I was literally like, what 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 you're in there, Liam? I don't think she's had that good a month. <laughs> so just yep. to reiterate, definitely pulled down by last week's score as well. Next so year, I think, next I think year, we can, Katie Lynch. Yeah, we can all definitively say, Katie Lynch put a line through her this season. Don't be tempted by a sudden big score like that eighty-two. Um, just leave it be. Eleven point five percent of the comp. Had that Oof. 31 with two missed shots on goal. What's what's the top uh, top brackets looking? Oh, I doubt there would be many. You could surely, hard to get that high. Surely, with. surely. But there could be a lot I want to know if someone's that, gone specky on. Don't know how there frustrating are, there she's are to watch. There are three percent of the top 1,000 have Katie Lynch. Okay, that's fine. That, well, that, that I mean, a bit, bit more sense. We were going to then jump into our second segment, which is some highly owned players in the top thousand by line and what we should kind of be doing about them. So, starting with defenders, only 3% in the top 1,000. Do not trade in Katie Lynch. Other defenders that we could be talking about here, Would um, you be, I just uh, like to... delistering them, Mel? Oh, what was the wreck that we had on Twitter? Love her or list her? Someone, someone yeah. uh, was sick of our Love shitty puns and they were like, her. we're doing this instead. And I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to start off with Mia Bush. Uh Go just away. As a, just Get as a <laughs> Go away. I'm going to say don't put her on your field, just in case anyone was not sure. Thanks. I'll, I'll write that one down, actually. I'm now going to write yeah. obnoxiously loudly next to the microphone. Write as loud as I type. Okay, so Tony Evans and Daisy Darcy, we've kind of already spoken about a bit. Pound. Yeah, Gab Pound's an interesting one because I traded her in. She scored a crap score the next week, traded her out. And I was feeling pretty good because she started losing a bit of money and then she's come back again. So I yeah. think she's actually now back into the calculations. She's in calculations for so long and Kara's, as Karen Peterson is out of the side, is my point of view. I think that's fair. Do so we know how if, long Peterson is out for? With AFL no. injury reporting, she could be back next week. She could never be back. Who knows? Mm, that is true. And, and and before we go too far, like in terms of Tani Evans, I don't think she's a trade out at this point. I think she's mm. lost a fair 
bit of cash and we know that fiddling around with your F4 and F5 this year has been fraught with danger because who knows what's going to go big and like I've kind of resigned myself to my defense at this point. And then in terms of Daisy Darcy, she's actually now so cheap, you can probably bring her in maybe next week, kind of once they get through... Who have they got this week? Yeah, once they get Brisbane. through the um, Brisbane game, like a Port Adelaide matchup where she's not going to have anyone of note playing against her, I think Daisy Darcy is a trade-in because she'll be below 700k most likely. She's already below 700k. She's already. She's 660. She, uh, yeah, she'll stay below. Yeah. Mm. And, and I've kept Daisy Darcy this week for a couple of reasons. One, I only had enough money to upgrade one of Gunjaka, which was a trade that did not work. Thank you, Mel. Yeah, I put that um, as your neg one. Paige Scott, flop of the week. The, again. Well, it wasn't. she wasn't actually that bad. She scored a 51, which was serviceable. But it was more just, I had the option of going Charlie Thomas. I went for the money, and it was a, a bad option in the end. So I basically moved her up... At the moment, anyway, I'm moving her up to O'Driscoll and mm. keeping Daisy Darcy. And much like you're saying, Liam, I think I'm just going to have to be resigned to that at the moment because I don't have much more money coming in. It's mostly going to be sideways trades from this point on. Because I was looking around, you know, if I want to upgrade or move sideways both of them, what can I do? And there's very few options that I see that are better options at the similar price. So if you're not moving them up a long way, especially with players like Darcy and Evans, as you say, who's lost a fair bit of money, I think they're worth holding because especially Evans, I think she's had one down week. Last week wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't atrocious. I think you basically just got to ride them out and they should be all right to go for the rest of the season. Yeah, I fully agree. I, I think in terms of options at around that right price, there is... You know, Nat Grider was back at 66 and Gold Coast are a good matchup and she's, whatever it is, like 20k above Daisy Darcy. In terms of downgrades, I don't think that there is a soul that you would want to be trading in with any confidence mm. until you get all the way down, unless she's, until you get down to 521k. And I'm going to throw in not highly owned whatsoever in the top 1k. But she plays for Fremantle, and that's Sarah oh. Veria. Oh, Sarah oh. Veria. Okay, okay, Will. Will and I are both like, oh, the Mems. <laughs> Can I? I had her as well, remember? Oh, Sarah Veria. Now, Will, here's what's important for you to know. She scoring as a defender, crap. So the role that we had predicted mm. for as this distributor, that's Emma O'Driscoll. Yeah. Apparently, though, she's a midfielder. Apparently. Yeah. The secret. <laughs> so is everyone in Fremantle for about 15 minutes. Now, there's, there's two reasons that I'm not going to pull the trigger on this one. One, I've been burnt in the past. I talked her up big last season. She was all set for a breakout year. Horrendous. The second one is the classic Liamism of what is going on at Frio. Because we've seen Ange Stanek go through there. We've seen Sarah Veri go through there. We've seen everyone but their actual midfielders go through there. And then there's what happens when Bowers gets back. I worry that this Sarah Veria is going to be another Katie Lynch, which is she'll have a big game this week, going to bring her in, and then she'll just go back to scoring a 30 again. I would love her to keep up this scoring run because I think she's a great player. I I talked her up big for a reason. She's a very talented player, but I can't in good faith do it to myself because if it doesn't work, I would just about give up for the season, honestly. 
Fair. And it would ruin your season because she's yeah. so cheap. You would yeah. be going down to a rookie to try and yeah. fix it or ruining your team to get someone better in. Exactly. On the flip so, side. Oh, sorry, Will. Sorry, I was going to say, so I think the only reason I would be bringing in Varia is if you have a rookie who's gone up a fair bit in price, someone maybe like a Neve McLaughlin where you can just sort of do that little jump up and maybe get a, a bargain price player. That might be the only one if you don't have the money to genuinely jump up to a superstar. But if you're, if you're trading like your, um, you know, your D4s to a Sarah Varia, oh, I think that's you're in a bit of trouble there. Mm. Two players that are quite highly in the top 1,000, Ella Heads, who I've kept for yet another week, um, and Kiara Fitzgerald, um, the Irish debut for, I want to say, Carlton. Carlton. Not, not Irish. Not Irish. That's a Rowan Fitzpatrick. Is Irish. Kiara, Kiara Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald is not Irish? Just a very not Irish, Irish sounding From name. Melbourne. From Melbourne. Like an, Great. Okay. Well, we've play, got the non-Irish play BFLW player. for Darabin. <laughs> Honorary Irish woman Kiara Fitzgerald. Um, in I do fairness, know the though, her in her own multiple times, multiple times on the coverage on Friday night, they called her the Irish woman. It's and her name. And then they stopped in the Irish. third quarter. Yeah. Because someone, someone probably told them on the back. Told them that she's not. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, she's quite highly owned, and she's also lowly priced. Compared to the other actual Irish player, Neve McLaughlin, who uh, has made a little bit of money, but her break even is quite high still. So I don't know if you'd be trading in either one of those compared to someone like a Heads. It's really tricky, though. I'm just throwing out names here that are familiar to me because we've got a lot of different players that you could be taking. Is there anything else we want to talk about with the defenders? The only thing I was going to say is, in terms of Kira Fitzgerald, uh, I if she's basically been a cash grab. She's made a whole bunch of cash in the last couple of weeks, just off the back of kind of a fifty and a forty. I she's a trade out if Kez Peterson comes back. Just know that she had low time on ground to begin with last week, and I don't think it's going to get any better when someone you know the captain comes back in and takes the time, and then. I'll note that one of the players who's averaging in the top five for the defenders at the moment has not been mentioned, Will, until you threw her name out there, and that's Ange Stannett, mm. who was a couple of weeks ago the number one averaging defender and now has put up a 68 and a 54 in what has looked like some of her better roles. But I think it is just indicative of the madness that's going on at Fremantle. Unless your name is Emma O'Driscoll, your role changes week to week. Yeah, I, I look at Stannett and think you've got the luxury trade to move her onto someone like a Charlie Thomas, even to an Emma O'Driscoll, who's only 10k more expensive. I'd be doing that if you've got no other issues, which most of us probably do. Um, because, as you say, Liam, she's got a midfield role, which normally is just, you know, dollar signs to fantasy coaches, and it's just not working. In terms like, of fantasy I got scoring, excited watching that game. I was like, oh, Will, and Stannett's starting in the midfield. Like, this will be great. Uh, and you're like, no, last time she started in the midfield, she didn't score well. And I kind of forgot that because that is against the logic that you would assume yeah. <laughs> applies. Yeah, she's she's much better as a link player on the flanks, whether it's half back or half forward. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. So maybe we'll just jump over to midfielders then. Something I got... Very excited about seeing is there are three people 
in the top 500 that still own Bowers. And as someone on the getting closer and closer to the top 500, I'm like, great, those people have probably given up <laughs> and are inactive. Maybe I can take one of their spots. I wonder if they're using Kiara Bowers as a loophole player. That's and a just, very expensive loophole. Like, I can't fathom why mm. else you'd have her. They're inactive, surely. Because you've stopped playing. But yeah, like, Mel, you, you were... You were positive, right, at the idea that you could come and replace those people, and I, I admire your optimism there. On the other hand, these people are ranked above you and I. With an inactive player. <laughs> with an inactive Kiara Bowers in their team, Mel. Let yeah, but they've got to go down every you. week. It'll swapsies. It'll be the chart. We'll dip, we'll dip over. Um, that's the confidence I need to get to my goal of top 500. Thank you, so... Uh, not letting you shatter that. Uh, no, I, I'm all for it. I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Another name that's quite highly owned in the top 1,000, which I'm very interested to hear your opinions on, is T. Smith. And just for some context, I'm thinking of leaving her in this week because for her price, she's getting pretty decent numbers. I could trade her out, but I could also trade her out next week. Um. What are you guys... I feel like a lot of people have already traded her out. A lot of people did her first in, like, round two, and a lot of people did Nan Scorn a few rounds ago, and a lot of people did T. Smith last week. What What are your thoughts on if you have her, do you keep her, or have you already traded her out? Will? Yeah, I traded her out last week. I moved her to Riddell, and I was very happy with that decision. Um, mm. So the only reason I was able to get Riddell is because of that Gunjaka trade, so... I'm going to take that as a very, very small win. Um, for me, T. Smith has, has made the money. I think she's going to continue averaging around about that 70 to 75 range. I think you can keep feeling here if you've got bigger issues. Like, she's not going to score atrociously. Um, but you are missing out on a 100 averaging midfielder, pretty much. So you're basically going to guaranteed give up a, a 30 points to someone else who... You probably are now looking to target. Um, so my thought would be to move her out, if only because I did it last week. I'm fully on board as well with moving her out. I think a large part of it is she's now starting to dip in cash again and you're banking on you know, a 70, 80, 90 in order to restart that cash generation or at least stall it and get into the stage now where there are some you know, interesting options with changed roles or who are fallen premiums that I expect to get up there that will become increasingly difficult to get on if you just continue to leave T. Smith at your M5. I think value-wise, she just doesn't have the ceiling this year, meaning that it would be really difficult to justify it where I can pick someone at 1.1 mil who within the last 10 games has probably scored over 100, 105 I think that's the reason that I held her last week and I thought I was on for an absolute worldie and then she proceeded oh. to not touch the ball after quarter time and that was rough. Uh, I was I was like, oh, she's finally going to get this 100. She's going to justify me, you know, holding on to her for this one week and, and getting rid of Kaufman, which actually turned out right for me anyway, even mm. with only a 68. But I, I just don't see her hitting 85 plus for the rest of the year. I yeah. agree. Oh, Will. Sorry, I was just about... I think T. Smith was on about 60 at half time as well, which was... Oh, we were sitting there going, oh, great call, Liam. And as you say, it just 
completely dried up. And I was I was staggered because she was looking fantastic. But yeah, I, th- I think yeah, she then the did call. nothing. But she's at eight three three. So to get her up to someone like you suggest, like a one point one whatever mil, you need three hundred grand. Like that's a mm, pretty that's a good chunk of get. money. And something I wanted to discuss later was benches. You're either downgrading someone on your bench who, wow, congratulations, has made it up to 600 grand. That is none of mine. <laughs> um, down to a 300er. Or you're downgrading someone who's on your field, which uh, uh, I don't know. Um, to me, the reason I might keep her as my M5, one, I've already – well, actually, no, it's not a good point. I might keep her as my M5 just because – she needs so much money on top of her to go up to someone decent where I could take someone that's made me a chunk of money like a Bates or a even just a um, Blackburn from last week and up them to someone that can do a lot better like a Riddell. Like I don't I'm, – I'm very impressed that she managed to go T. Smith to Riddell last week. Will? I'm very impressed as well, to be honest. Um, <laughs> to me, there's there's a couple of players that I would consider maybe doing as a sideways – one of them is Eliza Georgia Stathis for the Bulldogs, who started mm. to get some interesting midfield time. Last three weeks has gone 97, 51, 92. And the only reason I don't think it's a sure thing is because of that 51, but the two 90s had, would have me interested if I was a T-Smith owner still. Um, as that sideways trade, you only need, what, 13 grand to go up to that. I think that's not a bad option. Um and the other one would be, and this one's more expensive and a very specky one, would be Ali Drennan, who we know has gone big mm. in the past, started to get a little bit more of in the last two weeks. She scored 95 from 63 time on ground and 79 from 58% time on ground. So I'm not quite sure why the time on ground is down there, but if she does start getting back up into the 80s in terms of time on ground, she could be a value pick, but that's a very, very risky one. But... If you're looking to sideways trade T-Smith, you're going risky regardless. Yeah. Agreed. I was just going to say Ellie Drennan. Mm. We could go Jade Ellinger, who has held her price for an extra week. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd hope that she'd get a bit of a kick up the backside and might start scoring well. So. Yep. We expect to see her perform very well next week. Why are you snoring? Did you not hear the reason she was held out? She was held it out of the side. Wasn't a lack of sleep, not too much sleep. I was about to say that's not Jade Allinger. That's the opposite of Jade Allinger. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what she was doing over the. That was what she was doing over the weekend. She was getting back that sleep time that she oh, missed. Oh yes. <laughs> ah, I see. Yep, makes sense. Oh, yeah. Or Charlotte Baskaran. You know, she got a. Did yeah. she get a rising star nom this week? She did get a she rising did. star nom. She did. Shout oh, out good. To one of our interviewees this year. Right, and I was just talking to Jono, um, Hawthorne supporter, about our favourite Hawks players, and I was like, she is terrifying. Like, I look at her and I'm like, whoa, I would not want to be playing footy against her. She just looks like absolute weapon. Um, and paid off, rising star nom. Lost a bit of money last week, but showed that she can get right up there, so she could be one. Not that I'm going to do that. Uh, I might yeah, just stick with I, T. Smith. <laughs> I think I think uh, Charlotte Baskerin's one that I'd be looking going. That's the sort of form that I look forward to seeing in a couple of years in my midfield, but not right now. Yes. Are there any other names you guys want to discuss in midfielders? Yeah, there is. There is like a million and a half. <laughs> Keeping uh, in mind but, the time. <laughs> yes, I'm aware of that. I think the question now becomes: you're, I, I, and this goes out to Will. You're looking at you're looking at Georgie. And Amy McDonald, who are both 
basically at 1.1, just a hair under and 1K difference between them. And then you've also got around that price, you've got Abby Dowrick. And then you've also got Jenna Bruton around there. Who are Mm. you targeting in that group to finish your midfield? Because Mel, I think it's I think it's not so much that one player is going to be six hundred k and you get three hundred k from one trade. It's probably two. Because I could do that this week. I've got Mia Bush and Alana G. They could become two rookies with low break evens who've made a bit of cash, and that would allow me to take Tiana Smith up to someone in that one point one million dollar range. If you've got Tiana Smith, that's kind of what you need to do, and you need to forego upgrading in another position or sideways in. Yeah, I I really like the way Jenna Bruton's going about it, and I think if you don't do that trade now, I think you're going to be priced out very, very shortly if she keeps up this run of form, 210 scores in a row. Um, if you're not going for Jenna Bruton, I think we've talked a bit about the struggles with the, that Geelong midfield where we've seen Presparkus is probably going to be the cheapest that she's going to be this year, assuming that she returns to some good form. Scored a 94 in a, in a game where she was pretty well held. So I think you can probably comfortably go Presparkus now. With the caveat that I don't think you're going to see another score like that 140, I think she's probably going to score pretty consistently at or around 100. Um, I think the same things with McDonald. We know what you're going to get from McDonald. She's going to average probably about 95, 100. So, <clears throat> sorry. So I think the one that actually probably interests me, just because she's a bit cheaper than those other two, would actually be Dowrick. More for the consistency than the ceiling. We know that she can go massive, but with the exception of that 51 against Brisbane, hasn't dropped below an 85. I think that's a really good option if you are going up from Smith, because she's basically the cheapest of the lot. Um, so you got need the least amount of money to get there for a score that you're basically banking at least an 80 every week. Interesting. Mm. It's not without some risk. And then the other actually interesting one is Britt Benici, who I traded out, and it appears to be... I just, I'm, I'm a bit concerned by the fact that her statistical output is lower outside of her tackles this year. Um, she's quite often a, a great outside player, but I don't know about you, Will, but my eyes tell me that Collingwood are not possessing the ball nearly as much this year. Their possession chains are often quite rushed. Mm. The lack of forward targets is really not good for their structure, you know, possessing the ball through the midfield. So as much as it was a decent enough score from Davey and Benici this week, it's a name that I've seen out there. I just don't know if I trust Collingwood to improve their possession chains as much as they won this week in in an amazing result for them. Yeah, and I I think that Benici's... I say loss for the sake of argument. Benici's loss has been Sarah Rowe's gain because Sarah Rowe's the one that they're looking to get the ball in the hands of to push it long. She's one of their longer kicks, got the leg speed. So she's getting a lot of that outside ball. I think for me, this kind of says that Britt Benici might still be a, a bargain pick next season because um, we know that she's going well. I think with Benici, I wouldn't obviously be targeting her if I was trading in. I think if you've still got Benici, I don't think it's the worst idea to keep holding because with the exception of um, the 69 that she scored against the Bombers, she hasn't dropped below 80 either. I think that she'll probably continue to score around that 90 mark, which is probably fine if you don't 
necessarily need to trade her out in that sense. So I think you can fairly comfortably keep her. Probably you'd want her as your M5. Um, I've currently got her as my M4, which is where I'm probably going to have to try and upgrade one of her or Emma Swanson in the next couple of weeks. But I'd be comfortable having one of those two for the rest of the year, put it that way. Yeah, nice. I think we've spoken quite a bit about the rucks already, and I have an interest in moving on to the forwards because there's a name I'd particularly like to talk about. Are we okay to do that? Yep. Yep, rucks rucks. by all means. Malloy, what do we do about her? I want to trade her out because she's high up on my annoying-to-watch list. I think I think the problem with Malloy is at the moment, you look at all of the scores she scored this year, with the exception of the big 108 against Geelong, which was the score that I didn't get, she scored 370s and 250s. And I think that we've now had a big enough sample size to basically say that this season, she's probably going to finish with an average of around about high 60s, which I don't think is going to cut it because I don't think we're going to get those ceiling scores like that 108 frequently enough to warrant it. So I traded her out last week to Jesse Wardlaw to try and get a little bit of money. Um, Wardlaw gained another little bit of money. She didn't quite do as well against Hawthorne as I thought, but they've got a fairly cushy run for a little bit, St Kilda, so I'm not too worried. So I'm hoping Wardlaw can gain me a little bit of money so I can move her up to one of the ones we talked about before. But yeah, for me, Malloy... Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd be comfortable keeping her long-term, but it's probably not a priority trade-out if you've got other issues. Really? I, I, I actually think it's far away from a priority because mm. she Sydney have the best run for the rest of the year relatively comfortably. She I'm goes, so glad I asked because she's up there as my like number one priority, like need to fix Malloy. Yep. I don't, I don't think it's a priority at all. I, I think that the upside is there that you run the risk of trading out a 90-plus score in each of the next three weeks because she goes, all right, you know, she only got a 71 on the weekend but put together a 50-point half. She goes up against Hawthorne this week. We know that she struggled this year, but she's supplemented with tackling. What do Hawthorne want to do? They just want to keep the ball close together and tackle. She then hits the Bulldogs, where I would expect her to kick a goal. And then you go, oh, she's got one slightly tough matchup for the rest of the season. Who is it? It's Collingwood. Can you name a player in the AFLW who is going to be more keen to thrash yeah. or to put in oh. a big performance against their old side? Like, Moy is that kind of person, right? Mo- yeah. Moy is either going to score 20 or 120 against Collingwood. It's going to be one or the other. And it is going you, to make what was happening between Courtney Jones and Dizzy Darcy on the weekend look like a pillow fight. Oh yeah, and that was <laughs> that was that was a pretty that was feisty. That, that was, was pretty feisty. Yeah, to watch. Yeah, that, that okay. was as close a thing to an all-in brawl as I've seen at an AFLW game, to be honest. It's pretty entertaining though. But I was like, stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's good. Um, Roberts, uh, a forward for West Coast who probably had their winning time already this season. Not that there was much of that. Um, is she someone people are going to be trading out, you reckon? Fresh off 10 marks. I'd be, you'd be a bold person yeah. too. I don't think you have to trade out Ella Roberts. I think that West Coast play Melbourne this week. And that's 
I think if you've got a West Coast player that isn't a defender, so I'm worried about Swanson, and same goes for um, Roberts, uh, Dana Hooker if you've got as well. I think you've got reason to be worried for this week. But that's it. I, I, think, I think that's the thing about West Coast is they're going to get f- absolutely flogged in some games, and that's just the way it is, and that may affect some of their scoring. But these players are some of the higher averaging players for a reason. They're very good players, so... I, I think with Roberts, if you have her, I would be keeping her. I probably wouldn't be trading her in necessarily, but if you've got her, I don't see any reason to trade her out. Conversely, if you were stuck in a position where you did need to sideways trade, she's now up, back up above 900k. She's at 909. Yeah. And she's got a break-even of 66. I think that if you were saying, I need to downgrade... Let's say it's seven hundred and something. Like get get down into someone who's like in the high seven hundreds. Like, say for example, it is you know Nat Exxon fresh off two great scores in a row. It's you know Jesse Wardlaw because you like the high side of variance. You bank that hundred and ten, hundred and twenty k. I'm not suggesting those players are players you need to trade in. But if you've got no cash generation, (laughs) if you've got no cash generation on your bench, I actually think that knowing that this is a horrendous matchup this week makes it a possible play. But I also think there's a you would you would be factoring in trading her back in because then she she has a you know good like good final well, you know, she's got some decent games in the back end mm-hmm. of the year and she is the main target for West Coast. Like not many players can have ten marks in a game this year or at any point. And yeah, like that's exactly what I did last week with Malloy to Wardlaw is that's quite literally gotten me the money to get Ash Riddell in my midfield. So it's, it's, we're at the stage of the season now where very few people are going to have much money making ability on their bench anymore. You and... didn't bring in Charlie Wicksteed and you, you know, you should have got on the basket horse cause she is elite. Yes, I definitely should have. I went for the, uh, the other debutante in Wendland who scored a 17. So Solid. Um, <laughs> solid. Uh, so, it, 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 basically, this is what, what, what we're talking about. Is It's pretty much a crapshoot in terms of rookies. You're going to have to pick one, and if you get it right, you're going to make money. If you don't, bad luck. And that's where these sideways trades... and It's not even sideways. It's sideways and slightly downwards trades, where you can sort of be like... If I trade this person, I'll get an extra 120k and only lose 10 points where I can gain 20 points here, blah, blah, blah. It's a very um, complicated calculus that you're going to have to do. I, I think that you're going to have to look at players like Roberts. You're going to have to look at players like Malloy and say, can I find value elsewhere to get the most out of other places in my team? And it, we're now at a very complicated part of the season that we haven't really had to deal with before if you've been doing Mario's Magic where the... Mm the cash generation is very different. I realise I've gone into like deep thinking mode about my own trades because it gets to this point in our recordings every Monday where I just say nothing for like 15 minutes and I'm like, my brain is just going, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> a million but- miles an hour and I'm deeply, I'm like having five different conversations in my head and nothing out loud. Will? Yeah, for, for, I was about to say, for those uh, listening along at home, you've probably noticed that this part of it where we're actually talking about trade strategies, Liam and I basically do a dialogue and... Because you can't see our screens where we're looking at Mel. Mel, as she said, is basically like 
hand over hand over her face, staring <laughs> intently at the screen. And you can just tell you can My see the calcul- you can see the calculations and the cogs ticking, just yep. listening to all the advice, putting it into her team, just plugging in the numbers, and just figuring <sighs> yep. out how she's gonna use that information. And to be fair, it's probably part of the reason why she had one of the biggest jumps from start to finish, is because she's sitting there actually using some of the advice. I'm not gonna credit my jump to listening to you two. I think I, I was actually I, I, I wouldn't either, but, but I, yes. I was actually gonna say that I certainly wouldn't credit me or Liam with listening to our own advice because if we did, we'd be doing so someone's much gotta more, listen to we? you guys, wouldn't we, Liam? It is it is actually pain. It, it, oh. Yeah, let's not let's not go too far down that. It's uh, really funny because I route. think you, I think if you listen to my advice and I listen to your advice, we'd both be so much better off. I know. Speaking of advice and the fact that I haven't said anything in a while, I've got a couple of questions about my bench and we haven't really spoken about benches and I know this is a unique season because previously we've played Marais Magic, pricing is different, now we're here, it's somewhere between Marais Magic and men's but we've only got 10 rounds, jumps are incredible, whatnot. We know that we've been asked questions about like rookies for the bench to make money, not really great options unless you got Wicksteed, which was actually someone I wrote down in the rookies section a few weeks ago. Uh, so you're welcome, Liam. <laughs> I just did a Liam back at you. Um, so fair. Questions on the bench: How many players is a appropriate number of players to have on your bench that are DNPs? I asked because I've had one by accident, which was Paris McCarthy, who's now cool because I can use that as a loophole. But I'm gonna be downgrading to possibly two that aren't going to play because they're 300 grand basement prices who might come back in, might do a mere bush or might not. Um, how should we still have any players on our bench that are making us money? Or is it all just like, if you have them always 300 grand will not plays, that's okay. Given there's only three games left. Four games left, but seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. Yes. Four. I think that, you should be looking to limit in all circumstances trading in players that you don't think will at least play two games in a row because we we don't need them to play every single game for the rest of the year because we know that that doesn't mean much when your price can just disappear off one bad score even if you've banked a bit of cash you should almost be thinking if i get two scores in a row like if i've got kira the irish woman i would be going get yep, bank the cash because there's every possibility she comes in this week, plays 20% time on ground, has a 19, and then you've lost another week of her in her side and you've lost half the cash she's made. So mm. I've got two red dots because Ariana Hetherington has been dropped and then I traded in a red dot so that I could actually guarantee a loop week to week with Charlotte Taylor. And I've just been lucky in that Alana G has restarted her price you know, generation and then Charlie Wicksteed, like, that was a stab. I traded her in this week. Like, it was... I did not expect her to score what she did. I would be trying to limit it as much as you can and don't let your bench rot too much. So you've got anywhere between two and three. Will is bursting to say something. Sorry, Liam, we'll have to come back to you. Will. <laughs> no, uh, Liam's just made a point that I absolutely agree with. And because the player... One of the players that I traded out to make my trade work this week was Isabel Huntington. Huntington has been on my bench, and I know a lot of people's benches since mm. what about round three or four? Three when she came when she in. Came back. Round three, she made thirty-four k this week. 
to get her off basement price. And I went, you know what? I'm going to bank that. Yep. Because there's every chance that she just goes straight back to rookie price next week. She could keep going up next week. Fine. But that that that's the risk that you play with this. Because as you say, Liam... She could, she could earn 100k next week and then the week after be back at rookie price. We've just got no idea because the, the prices fluctuate so wildly. And the, the best example, I suppose, is actually Charlie Wicksteed, as you said, Liam, because she basically went from scoring a 30 and an 11 and being rookie priced, put up two scores of 40 and 60, bang, straight up 130 grand or whatever it was. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so hard to predict where you're going to get that money. In terms of the question you've posed mal i think that liam said it really well which is you want as many players on your bench at least playing as possible barring maybe a red dot for a, a loophole if you've got it and you want it to be a player who you know is not going to play not Mayor um, bush mm. Mayor <laughs> bush um so essentially at the moment i've done two trades this week that i'm probably going to reverse which is i've traded in neve martin and Kara McCrossan. Neve Martin's not playing. Kara McCrossan is playing, not doing a whole lot of scoring. I'm basically going to be waiting for the teams to come out on Thursday. And if there's any debutantes, anyone who looks like they might be coming in who might be a cash gen option, I'm just going to pick them up for if they're a bottom pricer because you just never know if someone might do an Aurora Smith where we saw her come in, we thought, oh, never really scored big at VFL level. Probably not a priority. Now she's made what is it, 400 grand or something like that, and you've got a, a nice little kitty worth of money there to, to get rid of from picking a rookie who most of us didn't really see a whole lot in to begin with, and that's just the way it's going to be. So just to confirm that this is the right type of logic, for example, I want to trade out Fleur Davies. Initially I was thinking, what's her name? Pierce, Lily Pierce, but she has not yet played, so... She is 300 grand, but I was like, no, actually, that's silly. Then I was like, we'll go Wilstra, who got dropped last week. At least she has 25 points as her average for a couple of games. She might come back. But now I'm thinking if I have a little bit extra money, which I do have a little bit extra money, go up to the other GWS Ruck, Renee Karras, because at least she's got a 42, so she'll have a low break even. So if she plays again, even if she gets a shit score, she'll make money. Yep. So that's the type of, like, shuffle on the bench that we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, I agree with that. Although yeah. I will say Rucks are slightly different because the options are far more limited. I think that's that's the way to go. Like, if there's a, a rookie that's still cheap enough, like Renee Karras, where you're pretty sure that even though you're going to pay a little bit extra, you're still going to get more on top of that, that's probably worth going for. If not, just take your, take a stab on a, an absolute bottom pricer and hope that you've picked an Aurora Smith and a Wicksteed. I like it. Okay. And my second question about the bench is what's the sweet spot for trading them out? So I know that, Will, you were just talking about someone made a small amount of money and you were like, cool. I know that you're distracted right now, but I'm talking about what you just said, which is someone made a small amount of money and you're like, yeah, I'll trade them out because I don't know if it's going to come back. And I know that we've seen that with Neve McLaughlin. We were like, waiting for her to make her <laughs> 30 whatever she needed for a break even she just made it slightly she lost a bit of money it can come and go so quickly what given that we're now going into round seven are you trading out rookies week to week if you need that trade to get someone that's not going to give you cash gen into someone that's going to give you cash gen or is that a waste of a trade when you only have three 
Well, I think the thing is, we're now at the stage where you're not going to be making wholesale trades. It's just not feasible that you're going to be going, I'm upgrading three players this week. Bang, bang, bang. We're now in a stage where it's a lot more, I suppose, like the Marrera's Magic trades that we used to do last season, where you're basically doing two outs to get the money to make one big in is a lot more common now, if that's what if that's what you're trying to do. Because, as I said with Huntington, that 34k might not come back, and I might have Huntington sitting on my bench at 300k for the rest of the season, and that's just a wasted trade that I've done. So, if I'm... I'm happy to take the risk that she might make more money this week to say, oh, well, at least I get 34K and I've used that to get Emma O'Driscoll. Great. Um, I think we're now at the stage where there's so little time left, so little time for that money generation, even with the big jumps we're seeing, that if you've got a player like a, a Huntington who, even if she does keep scoring okay, she's not suddenly going to become a 60 averaging player. So you may as well try and jump on a rookie who might do that to get some quick money. I think Lame. I think the question you should be asking is if you have someone you're bringing in or you've got someone on your bench and you're looking at their break even this week, you look at their highest score for the season and their lowest score for the season and you say, you know, push it out and say in how many worlds does the cash I've just made, you know, completely disappear half quarter? Because if you hold, that's the calculus you need to be doing. I think that for a lot of players, like a Huntington's a perfect example. She, you know, has said it herself in the past. She's at the moment allergic to anything over ten possessions. She's not in a great spot for fantasy scoring. As much as we'd love for that to be the case, GWS are just not there. I can see why you'd be opportunistic and just take the thirty-five k because we've seen how easy it is to lose thirty-five k immediately for those kind of players for someone like you know alana g for example it's a different calculus because she basically now that she's not playing as a back pocket is at that 40s 50s level week to week can i can i just express my frustration with this (laughs) at at that first round or so where we saw her in the back pocket and we were physically sitting there against carlton being like what is happening so much better now she's not playing as a back pocket and i just look at it and go why did you have to do that to me, Gold Coast? I love you, Gold Coast, but that... Oh, it just... It tears my heart out because I think she's going to be a fantastic player for Gold Coast, just not as a back pocket, honestly. And and that that ends our 40, one hour and 40 minute recording intervals to discuss Alana G. And you know what? I get it. That's usually me with Frio and Sakilda. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing you need to be asking yourself week to week about how opportunistic you are with just banking quick cash and just trading mm. someone else in. Okay. Well, that's good. That is actually very helpful for someone that hasn't really thought about the bench up until now. So thank you for your insights on that. Do we want to go to trade plans or do we want to go captain's corner? We'll, we'll quickly dip in to captain's corner because I think uh, in terms of – I don't know what you guys did. I think, Will, you were noffy. Last week Nothing. and Mel, you got to loot also for nothing. the first time. Yeah. I was, um, yeah, not not noffy. Loop. P- perfect loop, just slightly ruined by a late in. Gee, that that's no. Th- thankfully, I didn't. Thankfully, I wasn't. Uh, it was just a. It was just a dumb rookie error. We just. I don't want to think about Mia Bush anymore. He's already spoken um, about it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I assume. Go. I think. I think that's that's 
just for for the listeners out there, that's one of the um, the risks you do run with the loophole is if something goes wrong, things can go wrong very badly, and you have to be very on top of it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have just experienced this with Mia Bush, so keep your eyes on it. Thank and you. so, in terms of kind of who were the most popular uh, captains last week, nearly fifty percent of the top one thousand had Jazz Garner, and you know what? I, I don't think it was a terrible idea. I think. You know, a couple of extra... I, I was obviously watching very intently with her being my captain as well. I think she was probably dotted about out of about six or seven points for a hand pass and at least one tackle that she wasn't given. And she also had lower time on ground because there was just like a six-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where she just like couldn't get on the ground. And so add a few of those things together, I don't think the 117 is... You know, it's fine. I would have loved the 130, which I think she probably gets to in a, you know, in a very similar world with only a couple of things changed. I don't know about you guys, but uh, she's definitely still going to be high on the cards going oh, forward. I just think it's fantastic that you can we can look at it and go, oh, 117, that's okay. It's yeah, a second yeah. lowest score. Like, she's nearly scored 120, and we're like, oh, not sure about that. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Liam. Like... Garner's she's she's such a impactful and fantastic player that it doesn't really matter, you know. No, it, it really playing. doesn't. And then in terms of the other popular captains, unfortunately, there were a lot of people that uh, had Ebony Marinoff. And then, uh, in terms of VCs, Marinoff was the most popular at nearly fifty percent. And then Gardner, who I went with, was twenty eight percent inside the top one k. I think that a very similar cast of characters are going to be popular this week. It's probably just going to be who are you going to pick as your captain because almost everyone should be going VC Noffy on the Friday night against the Western Bulldogs. If Keely Sherrard can score 100, or basically 100, I think Noffy has 150 potential again. And then you may be... It's almost actually frustrating that Noffy's playing first up because it would it, you kind of remove a whole bunch of interesting, unique options by just having her straight away. But I think that'll be the play for this week. I don't think I'm going to try and overthink it too much. I have not thought about matchups and what that means for VC loophole stuff. That was already yeah. so stressful last week to know I have to check <laughs> things at certain times. Oh. Yeah, I'm basically waiting to see the, um, the lineups on the Thursday to figure out how I'm going to set up that loophole because... As I said, I've got two rookie trades. One of them's probably going to be for money. One of them for a loophole, I reckon. And I'll be picking someone who definitely won't play to make that loophole work, I think. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> trade plans? I've already told mine a bit about getting O'Driscoll from two rookies. Liam, what are you thinking? Uh, at the moment, I'm thinking I should make trades that make my team better, not worse, which has been tough to do recently. Yeah. So, can uh, relate. <laughs> at the moment, I'm can, looking. Can I make at a bring... recommendation for you, Liam? Claudia Gonjaka, great player. <laughs> uh, well, we've talked about the fact that I'm not screwing around with my uh, D5, so no, I'm not going to do Claudia Gonjaka. Uh, I am. Claudia Gonjaka cash. <laughs> Claudia Gunjaka D1. Go out, D1. I'm going Mia Bush down to Amelie Borg for her very, very low break even. Doing Alana G down to Ella G Smith at 331k forward from West Coast because, again, I think she's got a, a break even in the teens. 
And then I am taking Tiana Smith. At the moment, the trade says Amy McDonald. But as we've discussed kind of this evening, there is a, a gaggle of interesting players that I'm looking at trading there that are all options. Mm. Yeah, my T Smith, I'm thinking Bruton because I was going to trade her in last week and I didn't for Blackburn, but I still really want her. Um, Flo Davies to yeah. – yeah. Maybe maybe I'll put a post out about Bruton, but I actually think that the meritocracy of the um, uh, the North midfield will mean she'll have that low side variant score again. She doesn't often put together these runs consistently for more than three games. She will throw in a 50, and I think it'll come from low time on ground. I'd just like to say we've used the word calculus twice tonight and now meritocracy. When did we become so eloquent? <laughs> I don't know about you. I've not said anything smart, so it's just you two. <laughs> you thought I said McLaughlin before, so. <laughs> um, I'll leave the big words to you two. Uh, well, I still like Bruton anyway, so I might do it. But um, And I'm going to go Flo Davies to the other GWS ruck and Neve McLaughlin to Millie Brown, who... Played last round for the Bulldogs, which I watched, um, and she looked okay. Ah, Millie Brown. Thoughts on Millie Brown? Will just—it's an ex Geelong player, father yeah. daughter, uh, father daughter pick. pick. Yeah, she uh, took time away from football and then wanted a fresh start at the Bulldogs, and I wouldn't mind her back at Geelong. She—I think she's a, a good player if she can get herself right. Hmm. Well. Um, Liam, I might throw to you to wrap up our socials because I did that so well last week. You did. You did. And I left it in there because it was funny. Yeah, I heard that. But I've also now (laughs) had a couple of wines while I was deeply thinking about my trade. So I'm going (laughs) to leave you to say those correctly because it's Monday and I'm unemployed. You can find us on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter at FreeKickWPod. You can find me at Liam AFLW Fantasy as well. I'm on Twitter and Insta as HiMelD. And I'm the late comer Will. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at WillH underscore VI. Great chat. Talk to you all next week. Bye. See ya. See you next week, everyone. Hopefully I'll be there on time.